Hey, what is up, everybody? My name's MJ, and you're listening to the MTG in Quarantine Podcast. As usual, before we begin, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to my local game store, Guardian Games. Find Guardian Games on the web at ggportland.com. I'd also like to give a huge shout-out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash Quarantine. It's a huge round of thank yous to Mr. Big Benz, Anomaly, Nick S., Frugal Brutal, Jen of the Filthy MTG Casuals, and Coach J-Row for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash Quarantine for more information. Well, you knew it was coming, so it's time to get this episode done, and that is the final part of my five-part series on the non on my opinions on the non-basic lands for each mono color in Magic the Gathering. And that means today's episode is the last in the Wuber color order, and that is green. Obviously, green has a lot of abilities, be able to do a lot of things with counters, a lot of landfall, a lot of synergies like that, and we are going to take a look, and I'm going to give my opinions on all of the green base or non-basic lands that are available. Now, again, as with the entire rest of the series, I am not going to be talking about any lands that do not, you know, tap for a green mana or worry about storage or depletion counters. Obviously, there's one of those for every color. There's no point talking about them. So without further ado, I'd like to get started with the first card on this list, and it is an absolute banger. That is Argoth, Sanctum of Nature. Enter his battlefield tapped unless you control a legendary green creature. Hmm, I wonder where I've heard that before. Can tap to add a green. You can pay two green green and tap it to create a two two green bear creature token, then mill three cards. Activate only as a sorcery. And also melds with Titania, Voice of Gaia. So this is a very interesting land. Gives you, you know, a nice way to be able to get a green mana. It's not legendary, so you can copy this. And you can pay five mana to create a bear creature token and mill three cards. So got a little bit of bear synergy, which is always very popular, especially in Ayula builds. And if you have Ayula on the battlefield, all of a sudden comes untapped, which is great. Also great for milling strategies. And again, the fact you have to pay five mana and is at sorcery speed means it's a little bit, a little bit weak, I suppose. But, you know, whatever. And it's what it is. And especially, it's really nice, especially if you're playing Titanium Voice of Gaia. Obviously, it melds. I'm not going to go into that card here on this list because... You know, Titania is not a land, so we're going to keep on moving over to a very playable card that came out of Zendikar Rising, and that is a modal dual-phase card, Balaged Recovery. And Balaged Sanctuary on the opposite side, which comes in tap, taps for green, and the recovery side, sorcery for two and a green, and it says return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Very useful card to have here. It's almost $4 for the one printing it has had, so I mean... A lot of people have seen exactly what this card can do. It's really nice to have that regrowth effect available, as well as it's also a land, so a very, very solid card. Next, where we have basically Blood Woodland effectively has a nice... Uh, e- e- even though it doesn't tap for green mana, you know, it's it's nice to be able to do some land of all things. So, so yeah, I figured I'd give that one a quick shout-out. Next up, we have Boseju, who endures very very popular card potentially the the most popular of the Kamigawa neon dynasty uh, monocolored legendary lands so Boseju who endures is legendary land tapped out of green or you can play channel which uh you discard it as well you pay in one and a green and destroy target artifact enchantment or non-basic land an opponent controls that player may search their library for a land card with basic land type put it onto the battlefield then shuffle 
This ability costs one less to activate for each legendary land creature you control. Yeah, this is very CDH playable, very playable, honestly, most levels of, of casual ADH too. Just the fact that you can use this, it's uncounterable, and you can use this to destroy, honestly, pretty much anything that can be really dangerous uh, that an opponent potentially controls. And, I mean, yes, it does give them a land that comes into play untapped, but again, it has to be one with a basic land type. So while someone could go get a shock land, potentially, because those do have a basic land type, um, hopefully you're using this card and you're blowing up something far more annoying to you as a player than uh, even that shock land that's coming in untapped. So, and, and, and the fact that you can, uh, if you have a legendary creature on the board, you can do this for one mana effectively is, is just ridiculous i mean i don't think uh, any of the other lands in the cycle have such a large or a start excuse me such a low such a cheap channel cost for them so that's really what makes this card so damn powerful and there's a reason why it's 25 to 30 dollars for a single copy of this in paper so if you want to pick this up now would probably be a good time i don't know Moving on, we have Castle Garenbrig, which is a cycle of lands out of Throne Eldraine from 2019. And again, just like with all the other ones, enters Battlefield tapped unless you control a forest. Taps to add a green. Pay two green, green, tap to add six green. Spend this mana only cast creature spells or activate abilities of creatures. There's a reason why this card is actually fairly expensive. It's at least $5 for its original printing, if not more for the promo and the, the full art, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and for the full art. Yeah, it's just... It's really nice to be able to pay five mana and get six back. Obviously, you're not going to be able to untap this land and then be able to feed six mana back in. You're not going to be able to loop this. Obviously, you have to, just like with Food Chain, you have to be able to cast, you know, sorry, you have to use this green mana to be able to cast creature spells. But fact is, is that being able to add six green to your mana pool for the cost of five mana is always nice. You're up one green mana, and if there's something green does really well at, it's just vomiting creatures onto the board so castle garenbrig great card something i've never played around with personally but again I, i've never had a copy of this but i could definitely find use for this in a lot of my decks next up we have centaur garden which is the green uh entry in the in the cycle of lands that came out in odyssey originally and all of these lands tap to add one of their respective mana to your mana pool and deal one damage to you. And they all have thresholds. So if you have seven or more cards in your graveyard, you can activate the secondary ability. And Centaur Garden, you can pay green and tap it and sacrifice it to give target creature plus three plus three until end of turn. Obviously, this is not a, necessarily a card you're going to see a lot because of the fact that you can have a giant growth on a land plus sacrificing it is a little bit steep. But again... It's nice to be able to have that giant growth ability on a land. The fact that it taps for mana and the fact that if you do have a deep graveyard and you do need that extra little bit of damage, the fact that your, your land can do that for you without having to take up a spell slot, not horrible. And the fact is, is you can pick up an Odyssey copy of this for just 25 cents right now on TCG Player. So if you're interested in, in trying to get a giant growth on a land, you can get this card for a quarter. Next, we have Desert of the Indomitable, which was the green entry in the cycle of desert lands out of our devastation. And all of them tap for, they come in battlefield tapped. They tap to add one of their respective color, and then they cycle for one and that and that color. So again, nice to be able to have you have any desert synergies. I wonder, I really wonder if we're ever going to see more deserts or if this is a one-off thing, because it seems, 
Desert seemed like a very cool synergy, and I really wish we had more of those. So it'd be really fun to fun to see that. But again, the fact that you can cycle this away for two mana is always really nice. Next up, we have Fertile Thicket. Enters battlefield tapped. When it enters battlefield, you may look at the top five cards of your library. If you do reveal up to one basic land card from among them, then put that card on top of your library and the rest on the bottom in any order. Tap that green in your mana pool. Again, it's nice to be able to have a little bit of fixing, especially in the early game, and especially if you don't have enough mana in your hand. So always nice to have a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of fixing to be able to deal with any issues you might come across. Next, we obviously have the objectively best card on this list, and there's a reason why it's so expensive, and that is Gaia's Cradle. Gaia's Cradle came out originally in Urza Saga, which is an absolutely busted set in so many ways. It's a legendary land, tapped, add green in your mana pool for each creature you control. There's a reason it's so expensive. There's a reason why it's very CDH playable. There is a reason why, you know, we're never going to see this card again. It is just that dang powerful. I mean, the point is, is that even the gold bordered the the world championship deck 1999 version this is almost 200 dollars. that should tell you how insanely expensive this card is and the judge gift card is over two thousand dollars just for a piece of cardboard so that should kind of tell you how expensive this card is but again it's expensive because it is good you want this for for a lot of decks there's a reason why it's played in legacy there's a reason why it's played in edh cdh it's just objectively good I'm going to skip Growing Rights of Itlamok because it requires a little bit of extra... It's an enchantment that requires a little bit of extra incentive, or sorry, a little bit of extra input to, to flip, but again, it'll tap to add green to your mana pool, and it'll add tap to add green to your mana pool for each creature control. You have to jump through some hoops, but the fact you can build your own guy's cradle is not a bad thing at all. Next up, we have a Hushep Oasis. It is another desert. This one also out of uh, Hour of Devastation here. You can tap to add colorless to your mana pool. You can tap, pay one life to add green to your mana pool, or you can pay one green, green tap and sacrifice a desert to giving target creature plus three, plus three until end of turn. Unfortunately, you can only activate this ability anytime you can cast a sorcery. So again, if you're playing multiple deserts, this is great. You can have repeated giant growths. But again, I think really if you want a giant growth on a land ability, you're probably better off running Centaur Garden, honestly, just because the fact you can tap for green right away, again, it's going to deal one damage to you either way. But, you know, the fact that you can sacrifice and it costs two mana instead of potentially four mana, and you can tap it and do that any time, is real nice on Centaur Garden, whereas the Oasis requires uh, re requires sorcery speed. But again, the fact that the Oasis does tap for colorless mana is pretty nice if you are running low on life and you don't want it, to, or you don't need to tap for green mana. So it does, definitely has a little bit of utility on there as well. I'm not going to ever say a card is trash. I'm just saying is I think Centaur Garden probably does it a little bit better because you don't have to telegraph your play on that giant growth type effect. Next up, we have Havenwood Battleground, which is, again, Cycle of Lands, where they can come into the battlefield, tap, tap to add one of their respective color, and they can tap and sacrifice them to add two of their respective color. Obviously, then we have a couple of the uh, of the lands that also had cycles, Hickory Woodlot, let's see, Hollow Trees, but again, these are storage counter ones, so I'm going to keep going. And Jungle Basin, we see the Karoo type effect where, you know, you sacrifice a land, or sorry, you, sorry, you return an untapped forest you control to its owner's hand. You can tap dead colorless and a green. You know, there's one in every color. Next up, we have a couple more modal dual-faced cards. Man, that's hard to say. And the first of them is Kazandu Mammoth slash Kazandu Valley. The valley enters battlefield tapped and tapped at a green. The Mammoth is a 3-3 elephant costing one green green, 
as a landfall ability whenever he land enters battlefield under your control because on mammoth gets plus two plus two until end of turn obviously it doesn't have any evasion but you know it, it's a three three elephant for three mana you know the fact that you can get a little bit larger every time you drop a land is always nice always really good to have some landfall synergies and especially in landfall deck where you're hopefully getting two three four lands a turn all of a sudden your mammoth is potentially nine or eleven power if there's if you can slap on a way to give a trample all of a sudden that's a really really big beater and the fact that it has a land on the other side is always really nice especially later in the game where you may not need the creature it's always nice to be able to just put you know be able to put a land on the battlefield it may come untapped but again it's nice to have that flexibility next up we have colony ambush slash colony territory again the territory comes battlefield tapped the ambush is an instant for costing two and a green and it reads target creature you control fights target creature you don't control so it's just really nice to have a bit of a fight slash removal spell and a land on the other side a little bit overcosted for the fight spell but again the fact that it has a land on the other side definitely makes up for that if you're interested in having this removal spell it's about 32 cents on tcg player right now next up we have colony garden which originally came out and looks like world wake and uh, enters battlefield tapped and when it enters battlefield you create a zero one green plant creature token tap to add a green really nice for token synergies especially for aristocrat strategies i used to run this in my golgari aristocrats deck back in the day because again you play a land you gain a token it helps ex establish your board as well as put a land on the battlefield always nice to have this in a deck Next up, we have Lair of the Hydra, which came out in Adventures in the Forgotten Realms back in 2021. You control two or more other lands, and there's Battlefield tapped, tapped at a green, or you can pay X and a green until end of turn, Lair of the Hydra becomes an XX green Hydra creature. It's still a land, X can't be zero. I'm a real big fan of the man lands, as they're called. Basically, lands that can turn themselves into creatures, things like Mutavolt, Blinkmoth, Nexus, and and various things like that which uh, mishra's not factory yeah yeah mishra's factory there we go and uh, urza's urza's factory as well or or is it workshop i i can never remember which one exactly off the top of my head but again the ones that turn into two two are assembly worker creature tokens and layer of the hydra is real nice in the fact you can make this variable in size so you can just pay two mana you get a one one you can use it as a blocker you know, just there there are a lot of ways to be able to utilize that. So I really love these kinds of lands. And if you want to pick up that one of these copies for yourself, it's about two bucks on TCG player. Next up, we have Lanawar Reborn. Land originally printed in Future Sight. And, excuse me, in Air's Battlefield Tap, tapped out of green, has Graft 1. I think this is the first time we've run across Graft on this list. So I'm going to explain what that is. This land airs battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it. So it's not a creature. It's not like Dryad Arbor, but it does it's a land that does get a plus one plus one counter on it. And that's not something we used to see a whole lot, especially before Ikoria, where you really started to get counters on various different uh, card types other than creatures. And whenever a creature enters battlefield, you may move a plus one plus one counter from this land onto it. Definitely nice for plus one plus one counter synergies. Because it's a land helps you, you know, play spells, and the fact that you can move a plus one plus one counter is never underestimated. It's very cheap to pick up. I definitely recommend it if you have a plus one plus one counter synergy of any kind. Next up, we have Memorial to Unity. It was originally printed and only printed in Dominaria. Back in 2018, enters Battlefield Tap, tapped out a green, and can pay two a green and tap it and sacrifice it. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Then put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. 
Again, you can do this in instant speed if you absolutely have to, and it's a nice way to be able to get a creature out of your library and into your hand. Definitely a nice little ability, especially. I mean, it, it, look, it's going to cost you four mana, but again, that's exactly what you're going to get with these sorts of effects on lands. But the fact that they are on a land means you don't have to use the spells a lot. It's taps for green mana. It's effectively a forest. The turn after it comes into play, there's really no downside to playing this. So if you want to pick up a copy, it's about nine cents currently. Next up, we have the Hideaway Land at a green, that is Moss Ward Bridge. As Hideaway 4, obviously, when there's a battlefield, you take a look at the top four cards in your library, you exile one under the Moss Ward Bridge, and you put the rest on the bottom in any order. And you can pay green and tap it, and you can play the exiled card without paying its mana cost if creatures you control have power 10 or greater. Again, green loves to have a lot of big, beefy creatures or just a lot of little, small creatures. And again, either way, just need to have 10 power, just drop that Galta or, you know, literally anything, and you can cast something without paying its mana cost. Very easy to be able to get that, especially if you're playing mono green beaters. And yeah, Moss War Bridge is a really nice card to be able to, to get a little bit of card selection while also being able to scry cards so you don't need a way to the bottom of your library. Definitely a nice card. Very cheap to pick up if you're interested. About 20, 25 cents right now for various printings. We go from now we go from Mossor Bridge, which is seen several printings, to another land which is only seen one. And that is Okina, Temple to the Grandfathers. This is a legendary land that came out in Champions of Kamigawa. You can tap to add green to your mana pool, or you can pay a green to tap and give target legendary creature gets plus one plus one till end of turn. Nice little boost, costs two mana, again, not the biggest deal, but again, if that plus one plus one boost could always be useful. So Definitely a land that's probably been power crept out in a lot of ways, which is unfortunate because I, I really like these sorts of effects where you can give a creature a nice little power toughness boost. It's always nice to be able to have that available on a land, though, you know, the fact that it does cost two mana is definitely an opportunity cost you have to be aware of. Next up, we have Oren Reef the Vastwood. Again, just like with most of the lands on this list, enters the battlefield tapped. Tap data green, or I can tap to put a plus one plus one counter on each green creature that entered the battlefield this turn. Real nice effect, especially if you're building a huge army, something like Scute Swarm or Avenger of Zendikar. This is really nice, especially if you play your Avenger of Zendikar and then play Oren Reef the Vast Wood, or and or especially if it comes in on tap, trying to reason for running Amulet Vigor or any sort of other effect, or even the turn after this comes down. Then you play your Avenger of Zendikar, tap that. All of a sudden, ban your plant tokens are plus one, plus two. You play a land, they're two threes. You know, this is a really good card for just building, building, building your army. And then hopefully overrunning your opponents. And if you're interested in picking up a copy, it's been reprinted many times. Cheapest copy is about 50 cents. Goes up to about a buck 50 if you want to get the original Zendikar printing. Now we have another legendary land that has seen multiple printings as well, but it's almost 30 bucks if you want the original, and that is Pendlehaven. Pendlehaven was originally printed back in Legends, and it's a legendary land, tap to add a green, or I can tap to give target 1-1 one, one creature, gets plus 1, plus 2 until end of turn. Now, I've heard that this has actually been used a lot, especially in Infect decks, where you're going to have a lot of 1-1 one, one creatures with Infect, and the ability to give them a power boost till end of turn is always really nice, but... Again, if you're also running any sort of creature that has an ability, you know, that, that is a 1-1 one, one for any reason and requires, you know, some sort of payoff for power, 
it's really nice to be able to have Pendlehaven there to give it that small boost. Again, it is plus one, plus two, so it's not a lot, but again, you're getting this from a land, and it doesn't require any other upfront costs, so there, there's really no opportunity cost to playing this deck, this if you're running a lot of one ones and you're trying to get some sort of benefit other than, you know, just, you know, yeah. Yes, this will affect your Llanowar Elves, your Findhorn Elves, Elvish Mystic, things like that. But again, I think it's really nice that if you're running other 1-1s that may have some sort of interesting ability, especially those that worry about power and toughness, Pendlehaven allows you to get around those issues or potentially boost your creature for some sort of damage assault on an opponent, basically just for free by, by tapping this land. So that, that it, I really love this sort of modality. And again, the fact that it has no, no real opportunity cost is amazing. Next, we have Slippery Karst. Here's Battlefield tapped, cycles for two generic mana, not really much to say there. Next up, we have a very, very unique land. It's another modal dual face card, and that is Tangled Florahedron and Tangled Veil. The Veil enters Battlefield tapped, add tapped out of green. And the Florahedron is a 1 1 elemental for two that taps out of green. So no matter which side you play, you basically get a tapped land. But again, the Florahedron is really nice, and the fact that it is a creature, it's a mana dork, taps for green, a little overcosted, but again, the fact that it has a land on the other side, Llanowar Elves, Finoran Elves, Elvish Mystic, can't say the same. So it's always nice to have that, and if you're playing an elemental deck, give it an elemental playoff, it's real nice. Next up we have Timberland Ruins, cycle lands that tap to add one of, of their respective color to your mana pool, and they can tap and be sacrificed to add one mana of any color to your mana pool. I should say there, Tranquil Thicket is the cycle of is the green land in, in the cycle of these where you can cycle them away for one mana of their respective color. So I'm not gonna really go into that. Tree of Tales is the artifact land from back from Mirrodin. And they're all artifacts. They, again, they don't count as an artifact spell, but and they all tap for one mana of their respective color. Again, not much to say about that one, because we've already talked about all five of those from the series. Next up, we have another man land, and that is Treetop Village. Enters Battlefield tapped, tapped out of green, and can pay one in green. Treetop Village becomes a 3-3 green ape creature with trample until end of turn, and it's a land. Um, the fact that you can pay two mana and get a 3-3 ape creature token with trample is pretty nice. Obviously, you're not going to be able to... I mean, you could pay for... For some of the activation costs using Treetop Village, but it's probably going to cost you three mana. But again, it's really nice to have that ability on a land to be able to give you a relevant creature with a relevant evasive keyword ability. We definitely saw that with the fairy with Fairy Conclave when I did my series on blue, and Treetop Village is definitely within that same vein. I don't remember if it's a cycle or not. It might be. I'd have to go back and look. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely definitely real nice to have that kind of man land available. Next up, we have Turn Timber Grove. Enters Battlefield tapped. When enters Battlefield, target creature gets plus one, plus one till end of turn. Tap to add green near mana pool. It seems like a lot of those red lands that I was talking about in my episode on the non-basic lands in red, if you're interested, definitely go check that out on my Spotify or whatever podcast alley you're using. Because again, it gives one of your creatures a temporary power toughness boost. Real nice to have that. You never know when it'll be useful until you need it. Next up, we have another couple of modal dual face cards from Zendikar Rising. First of them is Turn Timber Symbiosis and Turn Timber Serpentine Wood. This is the modal dual face card that allows you to play the opposite sides of the land side untapped for the cost of three life. And Turn Timber Symbiosis is a sorcerer costing four green, green, green. 
Reads both of the top seven cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. That's real nice. If that creature convert mana cost three or less, it enters with three additional plus one plus one counters on it, puts the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. This card is actually very CDH playable too, because it's a direct creature tutor. Top seven cards is extremely relevant. Yes, it costs seven mana, but again, in green, hopefully you're going to be able to generate that a little bit faster than other colors. So it's really nice to be able to have a creature tutor immediately. And if it's a cheaper creature, it gets a nice, excuse me, a nice little boost so that you can never underestimate that. Next one, the last model dual phase card we have on the list is Vast, Vastwood Fortification slash Vastwood Thicket. Vastwood Thicket enters battlefield tap, tap data green. And on the other side, it's an instant for one green to put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. Probably not going to see a whole ton of play in EDH outside of very specific decks, but again, definitely nice to be able to have a one mana instant putting a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. And that's basically the end of the list of lands that tapped at a green, but I will mention Wirewood Lodge as well as Yavimaya Hollow. Wirewood Lodge is a land that you can pay, or actually you don't have to pay anything. You can tap to add one colorless to your mana pool, or you can pay green and tap it to untap target elf. If you're playing an elf commander with a tap ability, whether this is Selvala, Explorer Returned, whether this is Lathril, um, or yeah, just any sort of elf payoff, whether you want to untap your Priest of Titania, land or else, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, Marwood Lodge is really nice, especially if you're playing an elf commander. And the last one on here is Yavamaya Hollow, legendary land, only been printed in Urza's Destiny, so there's reason it's $80 right now. Tap to add one colorless new mana pool, and you can pay a green and tap to regenerate target creature. So anyway, that it, that'll do it for this series on my review on all the non-basic lands for each of the five types. White, blue, black, red, green, or maybe it's black, blue. I honestly don't remember. But again, I don't care, really. It's, it is it is what it is. I've done all the series, and I hope you enjoyed listening to my takes on all of these on all these non-basic lands. If you're interested in checking out those episodes, you can find those on my Spotify profile if you're using that. But again, you can find the MTG in Quarantine podcast on so many different podcasts. I'd say use your Google, Apple, Spotify, Player FM, Rocketcast, Podcast, Overcast, Breaker, and a million others. Again, I never remember all of them, but if it's a major podcast outlet, odds are I'm probably on there. You can also find me on Twitter at, at MTG in Quarantine. I'd like to take this opportunity to give another huge shout-out and thank you to all the awesome people who support me over at patreon.com slash mtgandquarantine. To huge round of thank yous to Mr. Big Benz, Anomaly, Nick S., Frugal Brutal, Jen of the Filthy MTG Casuals, and Coach J-Row for supporting the show. If you'd like to help support the show and help me make more awesome content, head on over to patreon.com slash mtgandquarantine for more information. And I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the MTG and Quarantine Podcast. My name's MJ. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.